welcome to the podcast of Of Course They Make Me Crazy. It's about crazy family stories. We all have one, right? More importantly, it's for those of you living with someone who suffers with a mental illness. You can start to feel lost in their world. Now I get it. I grew up with a bipolar mom addicted to pain pills. Hoping the stories shared here will help you through difficult days. It's not all serious. We laugh and joke too. If you have little ones around, pop in your headphones. Adults only, please. Hey there, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast of, of course, they make me crazy. I'm April Norris, the host. So I have been on this app called Clubhouse, and that is where I met Dahlia. Hey, girly. Hello. Hi. So she's my new guest this week. And so if you haven't been on Clubhouse, it is totally addicting. If you love podcasts already or breathing new life into your soul or constantly learning new things and just connecting with people around the world, then you should be on it. And if you're interested in it, email me. I always put my email at the very end of this podcast and I'll give you an invite because it is invite only so far. Dahlia, is it still invite only? That's correct. Yeah, only invite right now. And yes. Apple, you have to have an Apple phone. And you have to have an Apple phone. So if you have, you know, if you have an Apple phone, invite, you know, email me and I'll invite you because we would love to have you on. So what is it? It's like several live radio talk shows and podcasts going on at one time. And you find a topic that you like, and then you click on that topic and it brings you into this room of people that are talking to each other. And you can become part of the conversation or you can just listen to it. And again, that's where I met Dahlia. And we popped into a room of networking women. Mm -hmm. And I was explaining that I have a podcast for people who live or love someone with a mental illness. And then she's like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) we have to meet because you have a mother who was bipolar And uh, of course I do. That's why I started this podcast. And so we kind of grew up similar, but yet different. And so Dahlia, I love that you're going to share the ups and downs of Mm -hmm. what you experienced also in in your childhood. I don't love that you experienced it, but um, truly, I believe your story. I believe my story is a good, healthy dose of medicine for those that are either dealing with the same situation that we already have dealt with or if they're just, you know, still struggling with, you know, things in their life, still living with those people. Uh, Because as you know, right, we go on a roller coaster of up and down emotions with them. And um, so let's jump in. When you and I were talking a bit last week over the phone, your mom was bipolar in the way that she had a persona of being wonderfully nice to those at work and in the community, but then she'd come home to you and your siblings, a very angry, abusive mother, and where mine was not, you know, abusive, she was just, she was bipolar and addicted mm-hmm. to pain pills. Abusive and mentally, I think, in the way of not knowing that she was right. uh, but really, essentially, she was because she brought us all into her chaotic world, right? Yeah, so yeah. tell me a little bit about, you know, what you and your siblings had to deal with. Yeah, so I, the way you explained it was that's, that's exactly right. Um, we were 
the family, the siblings, because it was she was a single mom, four kids. Um, and so she did it alone. She w- was a hard worker and she worked a lot. And she was, by all accounts from everybody, just like the perfect person. She would listen to everybody's problems. She helped them. She volunteered at the school to um, uh, tutor other children. And then at home, she would not help us, give us the time of day for uh, as far as like helping us with school. We wouldn't have asked her though, not not like in a negative way, but um, I think we did academically well without her help. But it was just kind of funny to see that, that she would go out of her way to help other people. But yet at home, we were like literally essentially her punching bag. She would be just completely. And and looking back, now that I can understand the psychology of of bipolar disorder, Mm -hmm. I would say the manic side, she was somehow able to control it so that until she got home and that manic side would come out on us, whether it was abuse uh, physical or mental, emotional, or a lot of um, things were very controlling. So she had, she had to control everything about our lives and even cleaning. Like if she got on a cleaning spree, we were all in for it. So we knew she was up four or five o'clock in the morning. She was getting all of us up and we were getting to work. Yeah. That is, I mean, I relate to that. Mm-hmm. 100% in that when my mom was on a cleaning spree, you knew she was <laughs> manic, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, literally, we would come home and there would be drawers pulled out, um, you know, everything uh-huh. taken out. She's like, I'm organizing everything. Mm-hmm. And it the house was a total disaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it would take her days and days and, you know, we'd have to jump into and then she'd get low and sleep and um, wouldn't finish it, you know, mm-hmm. and then it would just sit out for days unless somebody else, you know, picked yeah. up the, the slack and, and did it. So um, yeah, that brings back memories of, <laughs> of, of so many things. Yeah. <laughs> and so, gosh, that's so interesting that she would actually with four kids and working a job, she mm-hmm. actually went out and volunteered too. And that's what's so crazy about it <laughs> because <laughs> it was so interesting to see that. It, it, but I think it's like when I told you on the phone the other day, it's like she was able somehow, like she knew that uh, the outward and the public persona had to be different. And so, and she knew that when she was home with us, she could be herself. And then we saw, unfortunately, um, the bad side of her disease because, you know, she was, she had held up that good side so much for everybody else. And when she got home, I can only imagine it was both physically and mentally exhausting to keep that up. And we were the way for her to vent that, I guess. Did you ever ask her like, mom, why do you volunteer when you have kids or? When we were older, because when we were young, there was no way we were ever going to speak against her. But when we were older, I, I, I didn't ask her, but I did tease her because as we got older, the relationship changed and we could talk a little bit more. I mean, she still had her issues, 
but we could joke with her and tell her things about what she did when we were little. And I was like, you know, I, I, I would mention like, you know, you used to volunteer and help other people. You never did help us. And then she would come back saying like, you know, oh, well, you didn't need it, you know? So it's like, yeah. um, she found a ways to explain things in the past. But, you know, at, at that point, it was just more kind of like, because it was a little bit more comfortable to bring up these things with her. Um, we were really just at that point, just kind of ribbing on her. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, yeah, because you were scared of her essentially when you were younger because she physically hit you. Children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't a big lady, right? No. She was a little, but she's. Yeah, tiny. I, I'm five feet tall. She's, she was five feet tall and she was tiny. Yeah. But she had a good hand on her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, yeah. She, it was strong. Yeah. It's my mom was 4'11 and um, I'm five two on a good day uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'll take all i can get oh yeah I, I hear you and that woman i so this one time she so she would go shopping right she would she would do these shopping sprays and then she would um hide the receipts and i came home one day and that was like a big thing in my family like she did that all the time the woman hadn't worked in so long and i think it was really hard for her to give up her, um, the spending that she did when she had her own money. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, it was essentially her money too. I mean, my oh, mom yeah. and dad were married, but um, she had no limit to what she would spend, right? And then she would hide it and try to pretend. And then the creditors would call and, Aww. you know, all that. So I came home one time to visit and I was staying in my nephew's room. Uh, he would live with them part-time or whatever. And so I was, I looked underneath the bed. I always look underneath the bed when I sleep anywhere. Smart. <laughs> so if I ever come to your house, Dahlia, I'm looking. <laughs> and, uh, and so I looked under the bed and it was like, oh, this shit from TJ Maxx, like oh, bags wow. and bags and bags. And I was like, I know that she's hiding this from my dad. So mm -hmm. I looked under there and I was like, oh my God, if he finds out about this, they're done. You know, they're done. Like he said, Joni, this is the last time, you know, and I know he never yeah. meant that, but he would say it all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to get the receipts. I'm going to return it. And da, da, da. Oh. So I did try to go return it, but they were like, April, you can't return this without the credit. So I had to come home and tell my mom, mom, I found this under the bed. Yeah. We need to return it. And she's like, God damn April, I want not returning anything. That's my, you know, and she's like, just. That know? sounds familiar. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I was an adult and I was visiting, you know, mm -hmm. but, and so I said, mom, give me the receipts. I, you know, I need that other receipt. And I went for her purse and Dahlia, this is a woman who couldn't even get off the damn couch to go to the bathroom. I mean, like she, sometimes she'd have to crawl because she was so addicted to, to pills. Mm -hmm. Somehow or another, she found her action and her strength and she whipped across the living room oh my. and I got the receipt out of her purse and we were rolling on the floor I mean like this woman had the grips of like I don't know like claws of a dinosaur you know <laughs> and she was like she had me pinned to the floor and I mean, she, and I work out. I mean, I lift weights and stuff and she doesn't even get off the damn couch and she could just take me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
and that was as a kid. I mean, that was as an adult. She never yeah. did that as a kid. But you know, when you when you pissed her off, boy, she had mm-hmm. you know, the the anger. And I'm going to assume that was probably the case with your mom. But you all were just little ones at that time. Yeah, it, I mean, it did not extend into adulthood, thank goodness. But um, it was uh, still verbal and emotional as adults, and um, so we could still see bits and pieces of like when we were growing up but because we were adults it was a lot easier to detach from it we didn't live anywhere near her so we didn't have to talk to her we didn't have to it was a lot easier to deal with it because we ignored her when she would get really bad um so but as a yeah we couldn't ignore her we we had a very small house very small house and it's it's funny because we knew we were poor and we had a small house but then when we went back as adults we saw how small it really was it's like oh my goodness I can't believe all of us lived in this house but yeah so I mean you could hear somebody breathe from across the house because that's how small it was so I just remember like we we knew that's how quiet we had to be because if she hurt us talking at night I mean even if we were whispering she heard us and she we would hear boom 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 coming towards us it's like uh uh-oh I thought we were being quiet but we weren't (laughs) oh my goodness and so yeah you were telling me a story about your sister and and she came in and what what was that okay so this is really embarrassing because me and my sister will bring this up a lot because we can laugh about it it was our it's our coping mechanism to laugh about things that happen and that includes the abuse so if other people are not comfortable doing that I understand that but that's how we coped and still continue to cope so what happened was I was for some reason decided to sing a song at night even though I knew better I was a teenager my sister was a teenager and I just started singing it out loud and I just kept going and going and going and 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 then that heard it and I was like oh shit so I get under the blankets and the pillows and I just kind of roll into the wall and um this is horrible she went for my sister she went for my sister and beat the shit out of my sister and I'm just like don't move darling don't move you're asleep you're asleep and my sister was like that was you and to this day we we still we'll joke about it because it happens sometimes we would one of us would get in trouble for the other one and that time unfortunately and and you know I wasn't going to speak up I didn't want to get it either but we were kids at the time so uh but it, it is something it's it's one that we do bring up a lot and laugh about so I know that's so weird to say we laugh about it but yeah we did no I mean that's that's exactly why I you know started this too is my sister and I I started the podcast with my sister and we have to laugh about some of this mm. stuff because some of it is so crazy that it is funny yeah. and we all survived it and we're all better people today, right? Yeah. We're healthy, you know, mm-hmm. adults. And so I think that's what can make us laugh about it, but also what hopefully can bring some kind of peace to someone if they're yeah. dealing with this right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and your father uh, you, she was single, but you had a father, same father for all of you and your siblings. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And he was abusive to her. Is that correct? Physically? Yeah. And so luckily I never saw it, but I know how bad it was from my older sister. She's three years older than me mm-hmm. and from family, from other relatives, because they would witness the abuse. Of course, my mother would make sure she told us all the time too, but it wasn't just her stories. It was like, it's, you know, everybody else knew what was going on, saw it, etc. But yeah, he was an alcoholic and he abused her terribly. 
tried to kill her mm. a few times. Um, he finally was incarcerated. He went to mm. prison. And during that time, I don't know what happened or whatever, but he came out and all I ever saw was the good, my, the good him, <laughs> I guess right. is the best way to say it. Yes. So even to this day, he's a very mild mannered person. He's, he's sweet. He loves my family, but I know he was really bad to my mom. And that was always something, even to this day, it's still kind of hard to, to deal with because my mother had every right to hate that man and cut him out of her life. Sure. However, she insisted that he contribute to us sometimes because he didn't pay child support um, and yet didn't want us <laughs> to be close to him. So it was really weird. It's like, she would insist like, you know, your dad's going to take you, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And it's like, but it, yet if we said any kind word about him, she reminded us how horrible he was. And I, like I said, I get it. She had every right to be pissed at him. Yes. And, but it was very hard because she was, it was like, you know, she was trying to control the situation and the relationship, even as adults, she absolutely hated that we had any relationship with him. And um, if I was going down to visit, uh, my sister still lives down, you know, where we grew up. And if I was going down there to visit, my dad lives in the same city. Uh, my mom didn't live there anymore. Um, so I would have to make sure my mom was not in town oh. so that I can see my dad. Because mm -hmm. if she was in town, then I couldn't see my dad because then everybody would hear it. She would literally show up at my dad's house and harass him. She would chase him down if she saw him anywhere near my family's houses, like my sister's house or my brother's house. If she saw him going there, she would drive, follow him. And then when he got to his destination, she'd berate him verbally, his wife, his family. And he would always just stand there like, and just let her do it. And I think maybe I'm, I'm not going to speak for him, but the way I, I would see him handle that, maybe that was his way of saying like, I deserve this. I'm just going to let her do it. Yeah. Um, but it was hard though, because it's like, I'm not, I would, I didn't want her to let it go because she needed to do whatever she needed to do to feel better about that situation. Cause I can only imagine how horrible it was to, to be in that situation as a mom getting abused, trying to protect your kids and not being in any type of control. And now she was in control. Now she was this very assertive, not just assertive, aggressive woman. And yeah. um, that was her way of dealing with it, but it was, it was still hard. It was still hard. I, I, I have a good relationship with my dad and I feel guilty for that, yeah. but I do acknowledge his past. And I do know that my mom did not have a good life with him when she, when they were together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I find that interesting because I struggle with that myself. So when I say my dad, I'm talking about my stepfather who came mm -hmm. into our lives when I was seven, but my biological father uh, was very abusive to my mother too. And mm. I witnessed it. I remember yeah. jumping on his back, like pulling oh, on his ponytail and saying, get off my mom. Um, and that was back like in the seventies when, you know, the guys would have their long, ponytail <laughs> <and stuff> whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, and she, I don't think ever got over that, even though 
Dahlia, she was the one that ended up marrying an amazing man. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a great house Mm -hmm. in a beautiful suburban, you know, town outside of Cleveland, Ohio. And he didn't, he lives in a trailer. You know, he ended up dating other women who were very abusive to him too. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, one of his uh, girlfriends who he had a baby with tried to kill the kids you know they she was you know off her rocker too Uh and so he did not go on to live a healthy lifestyle uh where she did and Mm -hmm. I always thought god that's the best revenge mom right Right? like Uh you have three amazing kids an amazing husband a great house two cars we're all healthy we're all making it. We're making money. We're doing our thing. And he's not. And she just could not let him go. Yeah. Him in a way of what he did to her ate her up and continuously, you know, mm-hmm. um, fed her negativity and the, the fact that she could not move on. And oh, yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with her sickness, being bipolar, mm-hmm. but I also think being in an abusive relationship like that is what sparked her to be so sick, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that she might've done the same thing your mom did mm-hmm. um, if she was capable of driving somewhere. The reason she wasn't capable of driving is because she was so drugged up. Your mom wasn't. My (laughs) mom had just as much anger and Mm -hmm. spunk. And if she wasn't on pills, chances are my biological father might not be here today. You know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because when that sickness kicks in and, you know, they, they, the the energy and the strength comes Mm -hmm. out in such a wild, different way. Then what yours and mine comes out. We have personal, peaceful strength, right? Mm -hmm, Right. um, And mental strength where they don't. And so I, I I like that you have that relationship with him because I don't with mine. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because of what I witnessed him doing. And also too, honestly, I just don't want any more bullshit in my life. And I feel like he could probably be some more Mm -hmm. madness to my life. And I've been there and dealt with it. And I feel like he's the cause of a lot of it too. So therefore I don't have a relationship with him, Mm -hmm. but um, I think if he came to me and apologized and said, you know, I did some awful things, but now I'm a better person. I think I would probably be more apt to that. Now Mm -hmm. I do have, some what are they stepbrothers uh who have emailed me and said yeah I know he wasn't a great dad to you but he's been a great dad to us oh god that gives me some peace Mm -hmm. uh for them however I don't agree with them but uh in the the way that their lifestyle is you know but you know so be it if that's what they think I want them to think that you know and um so in regards to your dad, did he come to you and admit that he was not the best for you and your mom, or I mean, for, for your mom at least, and that he's sorry, or did you just naturally forgive him and say, 
I'm going to let the past be the past, your relationship with mom be your relationship, and I'm going to create my own with you. How did that all play? Goodness, how would you have handled that? Dahlia and her siblings were in a tough position. She's going to give us insight into how she handled it and is still handling it to this day. She and I will both share what we do now to cope with certain family situations while protecting our own peace. It is so important for you to do that too. Protect your own peace. The second half of this episode will upload on Tuesday, April 20th. We sure hope to have you back. Those of us living with people suffering from a mental illness have a lot to deal with too. They're not the only ones hurting. We hurt with them. Having a supportive community is so important to your health. Would love to hear your story too. Email, of course they make me crazy, at gmail.com.